Hey everyone, it's your host Cody, and you're now listening to part two of my special episode with guest Ben Reed. Enjoy. So, I want to circle back around to the part with baseball where what it's doing right now uh, to continue to generate interest because baseball is very aware of its at least perceived declining popularity. One thing I've come across is that the market has somewhat shifted to more local markets because baseball essentially it removed itself from the bulk of sports broadcasting. And what I mean by that is its slots or portion of the pie on ESPN has basically been removed and evolved into what is now MLB Network, which for me is great. I love it. I want to watch baseball all day long, and I don't really care too much about anything else. It's not entirely true, but if I'm going to pick one, baseball is going to be it. So for me, that works. What I think hurts baseball because of that is... When you have a lack of exposure, one of the criticisms right now is the lack of recognition of stars uh, nationally. So, for example, the percentage of people who would know Mike Trout's name compared to LeBron James or Tom Brady, it's uh, just a fraction. And so that's, to me, that's kind of sad. Here you have the best player in the the game. And uh, according to the one article I came across, it's less than 50%. Some of that is he plays on the West Coast, and so East Coast is not going to stay up to watch those games because they're starting at 10 o'clock, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'd I'd be curious to see the other players' uh, recognition for those on the East Coast as well, and I would venture to guess that it still, you know, would not be higher than than his. East Coast is a little bit of a different breed as well, so who knows? There's many factors at play here, but these markets have shifted, the local watching has gone up, and there's all these TV deals, and so it's it's always confusing to me because whenever I ask someone casually, just out and about, hey, do you like baseball or do you watch baseball, more often than not, the answer I get is, no, baseball's boring. So that was part of this original undertaking of uh, inspiration as well. I wanted to try and maybe figure out more to what was creating that answer, and then also hopefully inspire people to become interested in the game. And that's something that baseball is working on very hard right now, trying to expand in different areas. But uh, I guess if you could give me your quick take on why you think people would label baseball as boring, so I can maybe start to collect some data here on and perhaps get a better understanding. Well, it's uh, tough to crawl into the mind of the uninitiated and those that think that baseball is boring. But uh, sure, if if Mike Trout played on the East Coast, maybe some more people would uh, would know who he is, uh, be you know be able to recall his name or number. Probably not significantly more, like you said. But t- times are different now. You know, when you and I were growing up, uh, you know, we'd come home from school and turn on the television, and you know, we didn't have streaming services available or you know phones and uh, uh, you know YouTube that, that didn't exist. So you, you pull on you know cable TV. You've got WGN. You could watch the Chicago Cubs anywhere in the in the country. Same thing uh, with the Ted Turner's network. You watch the Atlanta Braves. So those two teams, you know, were were very popular and always able to. They're always able to watch baseball. Uh, it was very easy, you know, because those were two of your limited number of channels, uh, regardless if you had the the antenna or or cable subscription. Uh, now there are just so many more options, and then you have to pay for the MLB network. So 
even though there are more, the buffet is larger, there it's also more restrictive in a sense, and I think that's probably, uh, that's got to be a factor in people not getting exposure to the game early on, and then, you know, later, you know, if you try to watch a baseball game later, understanding the rules or something, you might, you might find it boring. Also, you know, because uh, tw- 20 minutes, you know, longer now than it was 10 years ago isn't going to make too much of a difference for somebody that I, I would presume hasn't never really watched a, a baseball game before. But, you know, gr- growing up with it is, uh, it's got a factor in here too. And I, I'm interested to see how many people are playing baseball in the, at the little league level across the country than, than were 15 and 20 years ago. This would be uh, a stat that I'd, uh, I'd, I'd like to look up and maybe one of your fans could fact check and send us an email or send you an email and you could, you could share with me later. But I suspect that that number is going down. Uh, just from my personal experience driving around towns in, in Ohio and Tennessee and in California seeing baseball fields during the summertime, uh, prime playing opportunity and they're usually empty. I can't think of the last time I saw a kid you know, riding his bike with a baseball bat and a glove, you know, you know, in his backpack or something like that. So I suspect, you know, limited uh, uh, or a, a less exposure with the game uh, as a as a youth is gonna gonna lead to uh, less enthusiasm about the game as a as an adult. So that's a you know, that's an experience that that you and I share that kids today maybe maybe not so much. So if I had to guess, that would be. That would that would that would be my uh, that would be my stab at it. Okay, and and I think that's a good reason, or at least it would be certainly be part of the equation there. And I agree. You know, one of the things I I'm kind of becoming increasingly critical of baseball for is being exclusive. And so it it has some programs in place to change that programs such as RBI. And so yes, I agree. If if you're not hooked. As a youngster, then there's a pretty low chance you're going to be hooked as an adult. Uh, there's going to be exceptions, but yeah, certainly, you know, I know my passion stems from having grown up playing and and hearing stories and everything under the sun that way. And yeah, you don't, you know, kids aren't going out to the park playing pickup games anymore. And part of that problem could be related, uh, you know, I- at least in part financially. Baseball is kind of an expensive sport to pursue. You have a lot of gear, bats and gloves and cleats. That's all expensive, you know, as opposed to practicing football or basketball or soccer when really all you need is the ball. With baseball, you can have a catch, you can get a, a fairly cheap glove, but, you know, that's that's only one half of the game. Being able to hit is, is another aspect. But then nowadays, especially in like a Sunday league, trying to find a, a catcher is, is like digging in the rough. That's a specialized skill set that someone has to have. And as an adult where... <laughs> essentially baseball doesn't matter in terms of your adult life because you're not getting paid for it uh, in a Sunday league. It's hard to find a catcher. And so not only that, he has to have his own gear and gear is expensive again. And so I, I think that's another element as as well, as far as being able to get hooked and, and continue pursuing that passion. And really once, once it drops off, then probably a, a hard chance of climbing back on the horse. So it's sad, but it's, it's just kind of the truth. And I think that's why baseball is trying to instill programs such as RBI to get kids out to the park and playing and learning about baseball and, and giving them an opportunity to meet pros and, and, and stuff like that and become inspired the way you and I would have been growing up. 
each of us has our heroes and I know Greg does too and you know anyone that's kind of in our generation they they are still holding on fairly tightly I think as long as they were instilled fairly fairly early there's also plenty of people in our generation who are more or less anti-baseball at this point or just have lost interest I should say and you know uh, I forgot to mention this earlier when you when you asked uh, back to to Mike Trout you know comparing him to uh, some of the other sports greats from their their perspective uh, uh, leagues. You know, I think an, an easy thing to point to for him, unfortunately, is you know lack of championships. Especially, you know, you got a guy like LeBron and Tom Brady who have been very successful in the in the postseason. One of those two more than the other, but um, Trout, unfortunately, yet to yet to find that that level of success. Being a great player, anybody who follows the game recognizes his his skill and ability, but. Being able to convert that into championships is a, is a critical part. And we've seen a player in each of the, uh, the professional uh, arenas in the last 20 years that have been truly dominant, you know, guys like Tom Brady and LeBron James and Tiger Woods. And we've almost come desen- become de- desensitized to players who are great, who just, you know, like the Dan Marinos, who, who are great but can't quite get to the, to the finish line. That's unacceptable these days. We expect dynasties and repeats and things of that nature so Trout unfortunately hasn't crossed hasn't gotten there yet but um, you know if the Angels were to win a couple in the next few years I think that 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 stat would certainly change uh, in his favor with name recognition anyway sure yeah and that'll it'll certainly change his entire legacy because yeah you're right we do value championships a lot Uh, when it comes to baseball I think it goes to show you just in some ways how insignificant a single player can still be no matter how great because for all the good things he does on the baseball field, you know, his impact on the game only comes up so often compared to basketball and football where a quarterback maintains control of the ball the entire time the offense is going down the field. Or, you know, you can pass the ball to LeBron anytime you're going down the court. So whereas a position player, he's got to wait his turn till it comes up and or in the field, there's never any guarantee the ball is going to come your way. So one of the other things, uh, as far as generating excitement, which I think has been a huge positive and, and get, trying to gain further interest, has been some actions on MLB's part to uh, create the World Baseball Classic, uh, do the Little League Classic now, and, and other things such as the Players Weekend. And I, I think those are all, they're all good, and, and I hope to see them continue. And I, I do hope that that is a step in the right direction to start turning things around it is so funny to me, though, because when I go to a game, it, baseball seems to be very much alive and healthy. And so I find it confusing when I am around town and I try to talk to someone about baseball and it's like, okay, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, I don't follow it. You know, and it was sad earlier this uh, last year when the World Series was going on and uh, I'm at the gym and, and none of the TVs are featuring the game. Uh, yet everything else, uh, including other sports uh, that you know, insignificant regular season games of, of things. And uh, the World Series, the pinnacle of the Major League season, it was not featured on any of them. And that's that was kind of sad. So it is, uh, it, it's a head-scratcher. I hope things do turn around in its favor. But uh, only only time will tell. So that's, that's why I think it's important to have endeavors like this, to have a podcast and promote that in part. And, you know, as well as many other things, uh, you know, this is just one small part. But... I, I want to see the game continue to succeed and grow. I love it so much, so I I want it to, to do well. I definitely agree with you. And, um, you know, I thought that, uh, you know, a couple of years ago that baseball might have turned the corner on some of the 
some of the popularity things. You know, we had the the uh, the World Series in anyway in, in 2016. I thought was was a fantastic matchup. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of excitement uh, surrounding those games across the country. I think you know a couple a lot of things factored in there that ended up kind of making that. I won't say flash in the pan, but that, that made that circumstance unique because the the viewership in following years was uh, was reduced. You know, be it you know football and CTE and all, all the the political debates that weren't interesting to to many many people across the country. And we had these two these two uh, Cinderella stories right from uh, from each league kind of kind of meeting up in a the seven game series that that was really really exciting to watch, but. And I thought at the moment that maybe, maybe maybe we found something here. Maybe maybe America's gonna fall in love with baseball again or be be more more enthusiastic. But the follow-on series weren't weren't nearly as exciting. Houston and LA comes to mind. Oh, lengthy games and you know I think it was a five-game series that maybe wasn't uh, wasn't watched by as many people. So yeah, kind of my thoughts on that. Okay. Obviously, I'm a fan of the 2016 World Series and. Um, you know, I did I did uh, find 17 equally exciting. Game 5 was especially exciting for uh, the 17 series. But, uh, yeah, so to kind of harp back on the points Greg was making on his episode, those stories were creeping in, and there was relevance from other sports that was now coming into the storyline of baseball in which the Cavaliers had just won their championship they had come from behind down three games to one and just the storylines coming in like okay is the are they going to be paying this price against the indians essentially in in the realm of cursed franchises where they're a team that's used to losing haven't won it since 1948 and something had to give thankfully it fell my way but you know it was it was kind of cool that yeah that those those are the things that makes baseball so amazing is you have those stories and then you just to be able to create them in so many different ways and you know it was awesome because even LeBron he was at those games and and then you also had like Bill Murray and Eddie Vedder and just all these celebrities coming out and like everyone's hoping and praying so hard that uh, it's going to turn out in their favor and yeah what you know two teams that are so used to losing and here they are that it's you know, the situation is finally presented to them, uh, and both are so close. You know, it's going to seven games, and early on in game seven, it looks like it's going to go Chicago's way, no contest, and then here comes the Indians storming back, and of course, Cubs fans are like, oh God, here we go again. And of course, Cleveland was going through that uh, as soon as Chicago regained the lead, and you know, just how exciting and like such improbable moments that took place. Couldn't agree with you more on that. So hopefully, hopefully it does. And maybe it has. We don't know. Because there is always the potential to, to capture the newer generation's attention and love for this game. Uh, in Under those circumstances, those are amazing examples to have that take place. So fingers crossed. I think baseball is actually in a much better spot than, it, than many critics claim it to be. So, you know, I, I do think the, the future is bright, but uh, as far as some of the points we made earlier, maybe it goes to show that if you change the game too much and create it in such a way that it's so focused on winning without regard for the actual sport itself, then maybe you're going to lose people. Eventually, maybe maybe something will give, 
And certainly, you know, if it goes too far in one direction and people stop caring, then the sport will die. So hopefully it doesn't get overly technical in that sense to where you're no longer watching a, a sport played between people uh, and it's too much a sport between machines. And that's, that's no fun to watch. Uh, so, Ben, if it's all right with you, I'd like to transition to our one of our continuing segments where we have our guest, or Chris or myself, we give our reason as to why baseball is greater than football. Of course, yeah, yeah. Thanks for giving me the heads up. I was able to pair something. As a listener, one of my favorite parts of the show, and you guys get to talk about this. I, I enjoy the game of football as a spectator, for sure, but not as much as baseball. I certainly agree with the statement that uh, baseball is better than football. And uh, we'll keep the, uh, I'll keep my answer in the realm of professional activity today and say that uh, I think that uh, despite, you know, some of the, some of the uh, critiques and um, doom and gloom scenarios that I may have, have mentioned earlier, that the sport of baseball is much, it's more woven into the fabric of American life than uh, the National Football League. To cite examples here, I just, I, I think it's much easier to associate particular teams or players with eras and, you know, Americana and, you know, machismo. Think of uh, Ted Williams, for example, you know, going to war twice uh, in the prime of his career, uh, you know, a Marine fighter ace in World War II and uh, Korea. Really spectacular stuff. And then, you know, came back to hit 400. That's incredible. And, you know, n- nothing against, uh, you know, players in the NFL, particularly those who have who have served, you know, the P- Pat Tillman's a fantastic story and Roger Stallback and stuff. But you don't see that as much. You know, Joe DiMaggio was a uh, mm-hmm. uh, serviceman as well. And you know I've got a soft spot, you know, being a uh, active duty, and you know, you're you're a veteran too for for those for those type of stories. But even even that aside, you know, the you know, teams like the New York Yankees just you can't help but think of an American flag when you when when that team comes to mind. Regardless of my personal feelings about them, fortunately they play in a different league. But uh, you know all their all their championships and, and great players and retired numbers and stuff. I just think the the spectacle and the uh, the pageantry around baseball is so much more rich. So that's kind of my those those are my thoughts there. You get some you get some uh, excellent pageantry in college football. I'll, I'll grant you that, but uh, it still doesn't doesn't really reach the the bar that baseball has set. Everybody knows what to do when you go to a baseball game. You get to the seventh inning stretch, right? Everybody stands up, and it's just it's a wonderful thing. It doesn't matter which team you're rooting for, even if you're not there to watch the game. People who love football, you know, don't go to football games as much as people who don't like baseball go to baseball games. I think that says something too. So. That's a, a great point on, on closing that out. Obviously, I completely agree with you, and there's so many different ways I can take this, but I, I, I think I'll stick with the, the military theme and then just honestly continue to circle back around to the story aspect, because ever since Greg and I sat down, it, it's been something that's just kind of, I guess, consuming my thoughts uh, in many different ways and just seeing all the different ways that baseball stories are created and really just how instrumental that is in capturing someone's love for the game but so you're absolutely right and i love football just the same as well but as far as the way football advertises its players in that fashion i think this would actually be somewhat of an anomaly almost and that probably more people could tell you that ted williams served over pat tillman it's those those stories are much more exposed and in our face that way um and that yeah that he does come back and he and and still continues to put up Hall of Fame numbers and and do all these magical things. You know, he left to go fight in a war during his prime, and just to think, like, where could he have been had he not lost those years? But as far as being woven into the fabric, what I'll highlight is 2001, 
and there's two there's two sides of this. There's one at Yankee Stadium. So after the terrorist attacks took place, baseball was off for a brief period, and then it came back on. And at Yankee Stadium, there's the question of, and, and surrounding everything, there's the question of, should we be playing? And I apologize for not knowing the person's name. I want to say it might have been the mayor or someone of New York. I I really wish I knew. But he is standing in front of, you know, 50,000 people, and he's posing this question and very directly says yes. And to me, it was just so cool because, yeah, here's the official go-ahead. We're not going to be deterred by anyone. And here it is. Baseball is kind of helping to heal something so tragic that just took place. And then the other half of New York, you have the game with Mike Piazza hitting the home run. And again, just what a wonderful story. And like everyone's in tears, you know, and it's just this perfect poetic thing that takes place. And for me, I don't have anything that really compares to that from a football standpoint. A story like that really gets into your bones of like, yeah, this is awesome. I agree. It did. Yeah. It, certainly, that that year. There's nothing. I mean, the closest thing that would come to that is, you know, the, the team called the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Outside of that, you know, right? Uh, there, there was nothing, you know, unifying or healing, uh, or I mean, not that, not that a game d- did that for us, but it it certainly helped. And uh, right, baseball has that ability. Um, it's just something of something about it, you know. We've been playing this country for, you know, well over a hundred years, and. Uh, I think subconsciously we kind of yearn for it. Time like now, I'd love to have baseball. <laughs> yeah. Well, and maybe, you know, MLB is pushing strongly to have some form of a season. And if we're lucky, it could potentially help heal us in a similar way. Okay. So I'm probably most excited to move into our last segment here and a little bit of background. So as I mentioned, Ben has been a big inspiration in in this undertaking of mine. And one of my favorite things to do uh, is we like to pose each other some trivia questions. And so since Ben is a guest on my show, I thought I would do him the honor of uh, quizzing him uh, with with a little bit of trivia. So Ben, if you're up for it, uh, I'd like like to have a little bit of fun here. So Let's see, uh, for those listening at home, see how many you get right on on your own. All right, so uh, not to let uh, the cat out of the bag here, uh, I, I think, Ben, you already mentioned it, but you're you're a Reds fan, so I got some Reds-based trivia for you, okay? So I'll warm you up. I got a few softball questions for round one just to get you get you going in a, in a good mindset here, okay? All right, so we'll just categorize this, uh, the overall trivia is how well do you know your team? All right, so round one, got some fun softball questions for you, um, and really uh, this first one has the right answer, but even if you had a wrong answer, uh, that'd be okay. All right, so name the Reds' uh, current best two-way player. Best two, current best two-way player. So someone who both pitches and hits. Oh gosh, uh, you know Cueto's gone. Uh, oh man, I'm at a loss. <laughs> All right, this is not a promising start. We're looking for Michael Lorenzen. Michael oh, Lorenzen. Lorenzen, of course. My All right. Bicep. <laughs> yes. All right. Maybe, uh, but like I said, no right or wrong answer on that one. Uh, that one's that one's more subjective. Yeah. Okay, this one, no, no, we, he's, he's we, great <laughs> we actually have uh, more objective answers coming your way. Uh, okay, which player uh, this past season had a long stare down of a home run he hit in Pittsburgh? Um, 
I can see his face. I know who it is. He wears the chain, the left-handed batter. Uh, what is his name? Why am I blanking here? Uh, it's not coming to me. Oh, no. <laughs> we're over <up> two. <laughs> this is not good. Uh, begins with a D. Do you remember? Derek um, Dietrich. Derek Dietrich. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. We'll, we'll just say it's the pressure of being put on the spot here. Okay. All right. Last, uh, what I thought were software questions. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, what player has the nickname The Punisher? Yeah, I don't know this one either. <laughs> All right, over three. Current, uh, uh, yep, he was a rookie this year. Hmm, yeah, I don't know. Who is Okay, it? he was playing right field for you guys. Aristides Aquino. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. He had a he had a very hot start. Uh, yes. Fastest player to, was it 10 home runs or something? I think even more, like, thir- well, he, I think he hit that benchmark and then a few additional ones okay. as well. yeah. I think it was up to 13 or 14 that he was uh, the fastest to. Okay, maybe we're too new here. Let's let's go a little older. All right, so round two, Reds history. Okay, uh, I think you have a strong chance of getting this one. When was the last year the Reds won the World Series? And bonus if you know who the opponent was. Oh, yeah, it was 1990. They, uh, they swept the Oakland Athletics. Okay, right on. All right, we're back on track yeah. here. Here we go. Okay. So the Reds, uh, they just celebrated, uh, I believe it was 150 years. Correct. Okay. Yeah, last season. Name the two other official names the Reds have gone by. So they, uh, let's see here, the Cincinnati Redlegs. Yep, they changed their name in the, uh, the 50s because they, uh, there was the concern over the association with communism, with the Reds. You know, okay. The Reds scared and Joe McCarthy and all that. And I believe the Red Stockings was also a name that they implemented even before that. That's correct. That was that was the original name. Yeah. Yes, so both Red Legs and Red Stocking. And lastly, for this round, how many World Series titles do the Reds have? That would be five. That's correct. All right. We're back on track. Now we're batting 500. All right. Like I said, uh, the first round was essentially a warm-up. So we got you in the right mindset now. All right. Questions are going to get a little bit harder here. Uh, and we're going to get into Reds greats. Uh, the Reds have 10 retired numbers consisting of both players and managers, how many can you name? We'll call it a win if you get at least five. Ooh, gosh, five. All right. Um, well, Pete Rose is retired, 14. Okay. Um, Johnny Bench, number five. Yep. Uh, let's see. I believe Barry Larkin's retired now, number 11. That's correct. Uh, who else? Uh, is Joe Morgan retired? Retired yep. number? Did he wear number eight? He did. Okay. All right, okay. that's four. And uh, who else? I don't think Griffey Sr. had his number retired. So, but who else from the machine? Actually, man- manager Sparky Anderson? Yes. And did he wore one? Uh, no, that is actually of a different manager. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, he wore number 10. 10, all right. Who would number one have been? I don't know. No. Uh, Fred Hutchinson. Hutchinson, okay. <clears throat> okay. I'm not sure if I can get to, if I can name a fifth one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. We'll uh, we have David Concepcion. Oh, Concepcion, of course. Okay. Number 13. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but Ted Kwasowski. Kwasowski. Okay. Kwasowski. Number 18. Uh, you'll know the last two names, certainly. Uh, Frank Robinson. Oh, uh, yeah. Number 20. And Tony Perez. Tony Perez. Number 24. Another one of the 70 stars. Should have known that one. 
Ready for the next question? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm struggling, but that's all right. That's all right. I this is this is intentional. I'm here to embarrass yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, who is the Reds' career leader in home runs? Okay, so to clarify, that would be any player who played on the Reds or home runs while wearing Reds uniform. Uh, in a Reds uniform, yes. Mm, okay. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Pete Rose wasn't a power hitter, even though he was there such a long time. I'm I'm gonna go with Adam Dunn. Uh, no, actually. Uh, it's uh, Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench, okay. All right. Who is the Reds' career leader in slugging percentage? Was that one Adam Dunn? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. I don't know. Who? Uh, Frank Robinson. Robinson, all right. And lastly, uh, who is the Reds' career leader in doubles? Uh, that one I'll say Pete Rose. Yes, that is correct. All right. And my last question for you, so I need to set it up a little bit. Uh, for some context. Okay, so Ken Griffey Jr. was the most recent player to play for the Reds to be voted into the Hall of Fame by the Writers Association. However, his plaque dons the Mariners cap, so he didn't go in as a Red. Barry Larkin was the most recent Reds player to be inducted, donning the Reds cap. Who was the player before him? Ooh, okay. I knew where you were going with that one. I was like, oh, it's Barry Larkin. <laughs> <laughs> Who was before him? Don't know if anyone else from that squad was an inductee. I'll give you a hint. Uh, it's definitely one of the retired numbers uh, for the Reds. Couldn't have been Johnny Bench. That would have been too long before then. Mm -hmm. I'll say Joe Morgan. Uh, no, this one is Tony Perez. Hmm. So that rounds out our trivia. I'm sorry, sure. but as you as you said, do your worst. So. <laughs> Believe me, if you uh, if you asked me uh, similar questions uh, about the Cubs, I am sure I would not have done any better. Well, lucky for me, I don't have to answer the angry fan mail from <laughs> any of your Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> yes, there you go. All right. Well, uh, Ben, any last thoughts? No, uh, I want to say it's been uh, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. The experience has been great both for me and the title of your show as a listener. So continue to do the good work. Wish your brother could have been here. I'd like to have him uh, uh, as part of the discussion as well. I'm sure he would have had some interesting things to, to contribute. But uh, maybe in the future, if you're looking for an additional guest. You have my number, though. So. We'll definitely do that. And I'll definitely have you on again. I'm sure there's much more that you and I have to discuss. So thank you for joining me on my show. Thank you for all those who are listening. If you're looking for additional content, please visit thebaseballexp.com and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As always, I'm your host, Cody. This has been The Baseball Experience. We'll see you